25th of December, 1989, Europe. Families are gathering in their cozy living rooms. Children are opening presents. People are laughing. There is happiness. In Romania, the communist dictator Nicolae Ceausescu is executed. Families are gathering in their homes to mourn the death of their sons and daughters, their fathers and mothers. Children are lighting candles for the brothers they have lost. People are crying. But in all of the sadness, there is happiness. There is hope that their deaths were not in vain. There is pride that their loved ones were heroes of the revolution that brought with their death a better future. Thirty years later, they are still heroes. But couldn't their deaths have been prevented? Did they know what they were fighting for? Or were they lied to, used to achieve a political purpose? Thirty years later, their deaths hurt even more. The Romanian Revolution started on 16th of December 1989 and was supposed to end on the 22nd with the flight and arrest of the dictator. But why did it continue until the 25th? And why did over 900 people die in those days? There have been many speculations, confusion and theories about the Romanian Revolution. But this podcast is not about that. This podcast is about how revolution was used in order for some people to achieve political power. It is about manipulation and lies, about how the television can create the spectacle of a revolution. First of all, in order to answer any of these questions, we need to analyze the events that led to the revolution. Cred că anul 1989 este cel care definește atmosfera și... This is Fiorel Domenico, historian and writer of many books about the revolution. He is explaining how. In April 1989, Ceaușescu managed to pay off all of the foreign debt that Romania had. What may seem like an impressive achievement actually came with enormous sacrifices from the Romanian people who were only allowed to eat a fixed amount of food each month and were often left without water, electricity, or heating. The big mistake that Ceausescu made after the payment of the debt is that he continued to raise funds to later use for the development of the country. Now, combine this with the fact that in all the other communist countries in Europe, substantial political and social changes were taking place peacefully. December 1989 found the population in an explosive state, ready for action, ready to remove the communist leadership of Romania. 16th of December 1989, For his criticism to the communist regime, Laszlo Tokies, a Hungarian pastor, was about to be evicted from his church. Angry and tired of the injustices taking place, Hungarian parishioners surrounded the church to prevent his removal. Soon after, they were joined by ethnic Romanians who broadened the focus of the protest to the hated dictatorial regime. 
The video gave people a sense of power and solidarity, something unprecedented in communist Romania. Ceaușescu treated the Timișoara riots as a local outbreak, as an involvement of forces outside of society, and he didn't realize that, in fact, the whole Timișoara, including the working class, was on the streets. Instead of entering into a dialogue or of making some compromises, Ceaușescu sent armed forces to stop the protests in Timișoara. This agitated the population even more. Soon, chaos began. Between 16th of 19th of December, over 60 people were killed in Timișoara at the order of Ceaușescu to suppress the protest. However, the protesters stood their ground and kept chanting, Today in Timișoara, tomorrow in the whole country. Following the events in Timișoara, Ceaușescu decided to address the nation live on television. So, he ordered a mass rally in front of the Communist Party Central Committee. On 21st of December, thousands of people were brought to the plaza to show their support for the dictator and the regime. The purpose of the rally was simple, to legitimize the violent repression in Timișoara. But something happened during his speech, something that Ceausescu did not expect. Minutes into the dictator's speech, People from the crowd started shouting. The transmission was quickly interrupted, but not before images of the shocked Ceausescu and his wife trying to shush down the crowd were caught on camera. Visibly shaken, Ceausescu could not comprehend that the people who were brought there to show their admiration had their own minds and disagreed of his regime. This was the first time that people at home had any confirmation of the anti-Ceausescu revolt live on television. This made Romanians realize the fragility of the dictatorship for the first time in many years. After Ceausescu's organized rally, the protests intensified. For the first time, people had hope. Spontaneous demonstrations broke out all over Bucharest, with young people screaming freedom, Timișoara, and down with Ceausescu, while the army and local militia attempted to disperse the demonstrators. The military's intervention on the night of the 21st, by opening fire and following people with tanks, made the majority of the participants at the rally to go back to their homes, carrying with them the idea of victory. People going back to all neighborhoods in Bucharest managed to motivate the others such that the next morning, on the 22nd, practically all the Bucharest was on the streets. The army couldn't have shot the, at the people anymore, as you can't shoot at the whole population. This forced Ceausescu to run, he had no escape. So, the next morning, Thousands of people took over the Central Committee and the premises of the Romanian television, forcing the Ceausescu couple to fly by helicopter from the rooftop of the Communist Party headquarters. That same day, Ceausescu and his wife were captured 
and shortly after, they were arrested. The revolution has reached its goal. But, after a few hours of calm and happiness following the dictator's flight, gunshots were once again heard in all major cities in the afternoon of 22nd of December. From 1,104 deaths, 942, an overwhelming majority, happened after the dictator's flight on 22nd of December. And, of course, you might wonder why. Immediately after Ceausescu's flight, a group of activists from the old party, who have been deprived of power by Ceausescu, immediately gathered at the national television. However, they only had any legitimacy as long as they were representing someone. They were representing the revolutionaries, of course, but they had to become a cohesive force that was able to bring order back into the country, as Ceausescu's run brought with it an overwhelming enthusiasm from the people. By the evening, this group of people who were known even before the revolution as having an anti-Ceausescu attitude formed the new political party, the National Salvation Front. The new party, as well as the National Television, attributed the gunshots and violence on the streets to terrorists, who they claimed that were fanatical supporters of Ceausescu and his regime. In response, the army once again took to the streets. They handed out weapons to the population, mostly young people who had no military training in order to, quote, defend the revolution. So, on the night of 22nd of December, Bucharest became the stage for a battle between various uncoordinated armed forces. The army, police, and armed citizens all shot at each other leaving more than 900 dead and thousands injured. Many years after the revolution, it has been found that in this state of chaos and amplified by the rumors spread by the television, most victims were the result of miscommunication. People shot at each other, thinking that they were shooting at terrorists. The shooting continued until the 25th of December, when the Romanian television announced that Nicolae and Elena Ceausescu, his wife, had been sentenced to death and executed. I know, this all sounds insane. I mean, how did the people not realize that there were no terrorists? How could they be shooting at each other without questioning what was happening? Well, here comes into play the role of the television. It is important to note that the television had two elements. First of all, it pretty much started the revolution. The live broadcasting of the revolution helped people find out what was happening in Timisoara. Then, the fact that on the 22nd the television became free, by the entry of the revolutionaries in the national television building, made people feel hope and made them join the revolutionaries on the streets. That is when the revolution actually began. The vast majority of victories happened because of the television. However, the television also had a darker purpose. The television introduced the notion of the terrorist. The television transmitted that the terrorists were coming by helicopters, 
that they were blowing out bridges and dams. But why did the television lie to the population? Was it to manipulate the people to achieve some other political gain? Well, to fully understand what happened, we need to once again go back and look at the events that were happening on the premises of the Romanian television after Ceausescu's flight. Theodor Bratis, a name that was unknown before the start of the revolution, but during the revolution he distinguished himself as the moderator of the events that were taking place in the television studio. What is interesting is that he was actually one of the main pillars of the regime in the news department under Ceausescu. A former news presenter and editor said, Theodor Bratis was Stalin's admirer. He was even nicknamed Little Stalin, and he would wear boots and trousers just like him. He remained a good journalist, but he was a convinced communist. So, how did a convinced communist end up as one of the faces of the revolution? Dr. Donald Mustazzo argues that, quote, his position within the communist power structures of the news department propelled him to the center of the live events while the public's unfamiliarity with him helped him to become the face of change during the revolution. Theodor Bratis introduced to the cameras Ion Iliescu, the leader of NFS and the future president of the country. Iliescu was introduced as being the son of a revolutionary, of a patriot, being himself a patriot. However, what the television didn't show were his relations to the all-communist regime. He had been a very important part of Ceausescu's inner circle before he opposed the cultural reforms that the dictator introduced. Because of his opposition, a split with Ceausescu occurred, and in 1984 he was deprived of all his functions within the party. But the people didn't see this. The people sold Iliescu's televised persona, a suitable political leader, to quote once again Dr. Mostazzo, from his first television appearance, he left no doubt that he was in charge of the revolt. He announced that he had ordered the army to cease fire and informed viewers that a new interim governing body was to be formed. He strongly dissociated himself from the previous regime, saying, the main person to blame is Ceausescu. He ended up in these traumatic situations of ordering shootings against the people. Just as Theodor Bratis, the figuration of Iliescu on television served to hide his communist past and power and propagate him as a new democratic leader. The way he was introduced to the population, live on television, as a patriot and the son of a revolutionary made Iliescu a trusted figure and placed him as one of the faces of the revolution. On 22nd of December, the television introduced people to the idea of the terrorist. We served to explain the bloody character of the events. The audience was kept up to date on the acts of the terrorists and told shocking news that helped create chaos and terror in the population. Supposedly captured terrorists were also shown on camera during the live transmissions. Random women, teenagers and poorly dressed civilians 
were shown in close-up in areas of gunfire and presented as terrorists, as well as hostages held in the corridors of the television building. Their physical presence on the screen was used to assign a face to a mysterious character. However, despite these visualized faces, it remained unclear who the terrorists really were. This led many people to believe, including Dr. Mostazzo, that, quote, the terrorists were televised figurations used to perform a transition of old communist actors into the new regime. The violent character of the events staged a strong opposition between the new revolutionary leaders, who in fact were old communists, and the old dictator. It thus helped to legitimize the new leaders as different from the previous regime. And then, this terrorist became the symbol of evil, of Ceausescu's return, and we were told to fight against the terrorists. But what terrorists? There weren't any. However, there was terror. But it was a terror without terrorists. The terror was more suggested than existent. We were terrorized, but not by terrorists, but by the television and the messages it was transmitting. This figuration of the terrorists on television helped to justify the speedy execution of Nicolae Ceausescu and his wife. Ion Iliescu declared, I remember an individual who was captured and who had declared that as long as Ceausescu was still alive, they would not give up. This life loyalty of some to Ceausescu prompted us to take the decision for the trial. The trial and death of the Ceausescu couple was a Stalinist way of handling conflicts. In the other Eastern European countries, the transition to capitalism was gradual. In Romania, by Ceausescu's execution and the arrest of all the powerful leaders of the party, there was a rupture which made the whole of society to fall apart. The trial cannot be categorized as anything other than a criminal act. The trial was not organized by the masses of people who brought the victory. It was organized by a group that was set to remove Ceausescu because of political and personal reasons. The whole population was done with the Ceausescu regime, the dictatorship that he promoted in the last years. If you take all of the chants that were heard on the streets, all were about Ceausescu. His arrest and his execution as well were extremely appreciated and celebrated by the people in that moment. The people felt finally free, unchained. Now, we judge his execution differently, but then we all celebrated it. We considered it the pinnacle of the victory of the revolution. In December 2018, Romania's Prosecutor General, Charition Iliescu, and two other NSF figures for crimes against humanity. They have been accused of having orchestrated a deliberate misinformation campaign after the 22nd of December about the existence of the so-called terrorists. These acts resulted in a military diversion operation that produced more than 900 deaths. So, while the events remain mostly a mystery, it is probably safe to say that what happened after Ceausescu's flight was not coincidental.